Welcome to the AEM Education and Training Podcast, a collaboration between Brown University Emergency Medicine and the editors of the Academic Emergency Medicine Education and Training Journal. I'm Dr. Gita Pensa with Dr. Rory Merritt, and here's what we've got for you today. Picture this. It's Saturday night, and you walk into the emergency department for your overnight shift. There's 40 people in the waiting room, and the EMR is down. You start to feel that creeping dread when you see the superstar senior resident. Somehow, you know your shift is going to be okay. So what sets top clinical performing residents apart? Dr. Jesse Pines and his team provide insights in their paper, Factors Important to Top Clinical Performance in Emergency Medicine Residency. In addition to being the National Director of Clinical Innovation for U.S. Acute Care Solutions, Dr. Pines is a prolific researcher in health systems and emergency medicine physician. Dr. Pines, thank you so much for joining us today. Happy to join you. So Dr. Pines, in reading your paper, I was surprised about the lack of literature surrounding top clinical performers in emergency medicine trainees. Why did you feel it was important to address this knowledge gap? Well, so th- there actually is a, a broad literature of um, expertise that, that really interested me, um, and primarily through uh, reading some of the work of uh, Kay Anders Erickson. Um, and a couple of years ago, I, I read his book, Peak, that, that describes the development of the literature of top performance. And when I started looking at the literature in medicine, th- there had been several studies that had, had looked at top clinical performance um, sort of outside emergency medicine and a few studies within emergency medicine, but none that had really sort of tried to break down the specific question that we were looking at, which is what what are the specific attributes and skills and factors that really differentiate uh, top clinical performers? And my, my interest in this was really generated, you know, not just from, you know, reading this, this book, which was really sort of, you know, sort of changed the way I think about education, but, but also my many years of experience as an emergency medicine educator, where I had really seen uh, people um, over the years who had distinguished themselves um, towards the end of residency. Uh, some would, would really be fantastic residents like yourself, Dr. Merritt, I, I would put you in the uh, class of, of a top clinical performer. So, so <laughs> that, that is not true and too kind. So how, how do we, what, what really predicts, you know, someone uh, falling into that category of top clinical performer? Yeah, I, th- I think that idea is really fascinating. And I, as I read your paper, I was wondering, uh, in your experience, is your sense that you get a, an inkling of who's going to be a top clinical performer early on, intern year, second year, or is that something that really develops over time? It's interesting because in our study team, we had a number of very experienced educators, uh, including Dr. Colleen Roche and Dr. Jim Scott, who you know had really been around the block and had seen a lot of years of, of a lot of trainees. And we actually posed this question to Jim early on, and he he said, you know, over the years, uh, there have been some people who you you know you'd sort of predict early on would become a top clinical performer, people who who would really 
uh, distinguished themselves in medical school and, you know, were really uh, excellent from the beginning, but, but also people who had really had a, you know, quick start, but then sort of petered off and then vice versa, people mm-hmm. who had had a, a really slow start, but really sort of come into their own later. Uh, so, so really our goal in the study was to focus on the end because that's the most important is when we're, you know, when we're minting a new emergency physician, what, what are the factors, um, you know, going back to the very beginning and the attributes of that individual that, that predicted that person will leave residency as a top clinical performer? Well, I certainly want to talk about what you found, but first let's talk about an area of your expertise, study methodology. So for the average medical educator out there, Help us understand the process you used, including ideation surveys and as well as the modified Delphi technique. Sure. So, so going into this, we really had, uh, you know, a lot of ideas about what would be the most important factors. So, you know, sort of going around the room in these early discussions with myself and Dr. Scott. Also, we had uh, Dr. Batra, Sonal Batra there, who's uh, now our mm-hmm. um, associate residency director uh, at GW. People had a lot of ideas about what, what they thought would be most important. But so we had our own sort of preconceived notions about what we thought was going to be important. But the, the overall goal was to sort of take the pulse of the community. And the, the community we looked at was the, the Council of Residency Directors. Um, and and sort of our, our approach was to first crowdsource ideas. So we, we wanted to, in the first stage, really sort of figure out the universe of possible things that, that, we, that we should consider. And that, and that was the first step. Uh, so what we did is sent out just a general open-ended survey with several questions related to uh, what people thought predicted top clinical performance. We first defined it, obviously, you know, people who by the end of residency are in, in that sort of top category and top clinical category, specifically about how they, how they performed in the emergency department. What are some of the factors that, that, that predict that one? Uh, two, what are some of the pre-residency factors that could have predicted that in the beginning? Uh, and three is how do you actually measure that? Because the the concept of uh, there are, there are a lot of different ways to potentially measure that. So you have all these objective measurements that are gathered during residency, such as your um, you know your in-service scores, such as um, you know the feedback that comes back from faculty such as uh, the clinical competency committee meeting. Um, and, and so the, so the question is, you know, the, in, in the first phase, uh, what is the universe of stuff that we should begin with? And, and then the Delphi panel, uh, we looked to some very distinguished uh, experts who had also been emergency medicine educators for many years to help us prioritize that. And, and the purpose of a Delphi panel is, is to really to use experts and to take a, a large body of knowledge and then to come to, con- to some consensus about how that can be prioritized. And, the, and what we did in the Delphi panel was to first have them rank all the, all the factors on how you know, one, the question is, how important is it to top clinical performance? And secondly, uh, what percentage of their top clinical performers in their experience actually had that attribute? Uh, and so our, our goal was to be, uh, you know, certainly things that are important and also um, things that uh, were ultimately Im- important in the end. Um, so, so that was really the second phase was to help them 
help us sort of cull down this very large list of potential attributes um, and skills and other factors and pre-residency information, et cetera, in, into a manageable list. Uh, then we got together with them and had a conversation and talked about why they ranked the factors how they did, uh, which was actually a, a very telling part of the, the research because it really sort of brought brought forth uh, some great discussion about, for example, you know why you know why having high intelligence is not necessarily the, a factor that differentiates high clinical you know top clinical performance. Um, you know, it's about it's about really having sort of enough knowledge to to be able to use appropriately, but it's not about having sort of high intelligence, and you don't necessarily need to be Einstein to become the best emergency physician. Well, I won't tell some of my colleagues that you said that. <laughs> and then, and then, really, the, the last phase of that was to to you know have them uh, feed into the information back to them. You know, as a research team, d- did we get it right? Um, have them reprioritize and then help us uh, come up with some definitions for these factors. So, so that that was our overall uh, methodology, which was to you know one to come up with the universe of ideas and then really call those down to the most important ones uh, that the group thought were uh, most predictive of top clinical performance and also again which uh, pre-residency factor predicted performance uh, and there ended up only being one. Um, and then third, uh, what was the best way to measure it? So you go through this two-step process, first the ideation survey, and then the modified Delphi process. You were left with uh, numerous factors associated with the top clinical performers. Was Were there any that surprised you? Yeah. So I went into this, uh, actually, having read another book that really meant a lot to me uh, by a professor at University of Pennsylvania named Angela Duckworth, who wrote a book called Grit. Um, and her, a lot of her research uh, focuses on how, um, you know, people who are gritty, um, you know, so pe- defined as people who really sort of uh, push on in, in, in the face of struggles and, and you know, don't give up are, uh, you know, end up doing, doing better. And, and that actually really differentiates uh, top, you know, t- you know, top performance. And actually the, you know, she has a lot of examples of, of how that was uh, really important in the military. So, so for example, you know, the, you know, grittiness, which I thought was going to be the most important factor. And, and so it ended up on the list, uh, but it, it, it ended up sort of getting in there sort of marginally that, that a lot of the other factors ended up being much more important, you know, specifically, you know, attributes like having good common sense, uh, which obviously, you know, having good common sense, given the, you know, the uncertainty that you face in the emergency department, I, I hadn't thought that good common sense would be, you know, so, so important, or that there are residents out there, with, with, you know, without good common sense. Uh, but, you know, certainly, certainly, um, so, so factors like that sort of surprised me that ended up on the list. Um, you know, the, the, there was an, a lot of a lot of things that ended up sort of coming off the list that sort of surprised me. You know, specifically, uh, I was very surprised about you know the lack of factors that predicted top clinical performance from the beginning because you know we're thought to. Uh, you know, when as emergency medicine faculty, we focus very much on these standard letters of recommendation, um, and we we really sort of look to those as the as the standard by, by which we should 
pick, and we we, we look at those very carefully. But th- those actually, in the end, uh, didn't end up being all that important when it comes to really differ- differentiating the top clinical performers. And ultimately, it ended up just being the interview, and you know, which which is an example of a summative evaluation. That, that was most important. So uh, along the way, we ended up eliminating a, a lot of things that that I thought were that were important, and, and things ended up bubbling up and being super important that I, that I hadn't necessarily thought would would be so important at the beginning. So for all the folks out there involved in resident education, you know, as you know, we spend a lot of time talking about things like the ACGME milestones and what it means to to reach competence. I, I really like that your paper talked a little bit about the implications for what it might mean to teach excellence. Can you say some more about that? Sure. So our list is actually very different from the ACGME competencies. And and what differentiates that is, um, you know, teaching teaching competence is is very different, like you said, than teaching excellence. Um, So, you know, people coming into residency, the uh, assumption uh, in choosing people is that a hundred percent of the people you choose are, are going to be competent at the end, hopefully. But teaching excellence is really is really a separate thing. So the so what the list of, for example, emergency medicine milestones, you know, those are things that were decided on by a large group of educators. That, that actually did not go through a similar process that, you know, the, the process by which the milestones were developed, in, in my understanding, just from reading the, the papers on how they were developed, was that um, a group of, of educators closed the door, came out with a list of what they thought was important for clinical skills, for competence, for emergency physicians, sent, did a, a big survey and to a wide audience and said, do you, do you agree with this? And, and the, these were the ones that, 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 the peop, that people agreed on, you know, rather than what we did what, what was to look at the whole world of, of possibilities and then to have an expert group sort of, you know, really sort of bubble up factors that, that, that are most important. So one thing that really, I think, differentiates our list is that ours, I think, are things that are maybe a little bit more important than some of the things that, that ended up not, not being on the list. Whereas the emergency medicine milestones, it really doesn't differentiate, you know, one being more important than the other. And, and then the, the other thing that uh, I took away from this is that, you know, th- there are some things uh, on the list that are sort of, you know, sort of attributes of individuals that may not be teachable. Uh, so for example, one of our attri- attributes is being insightful. Um, you know, now certain people may become more insightful as they gain clinical experience, uh, but but that that's not really something that you can say. Okay, next um, you know next residency conference, we're going to teach people how to be insightful. That, that you know that's really sort of an attribute of an individual. Um, you know, rather than um, you know taking things. Uh, that actually may be more teachable, like personal traits. So some people, uh, for example, work well with others um, naturally. Certain people do not work well with others naturally. But 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 some but people can get feedback on that uh, about how they work with people, and sort of realizing that that differentiates top clinical performance. I I, I think is is important uh, because some of the factors on our list are are actually teachable skills. Well, Dr. Pines, I really appreciate your time and your work has been so fascinating. I'm really looking forward to your future research in this area. Thanks again for your time. Yeah, happy to join you. 
thanks for listening to this AEM Education and Training podcast. Make sure to hit the full text of this article, available open access on our blog at brownemblog.com. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Search for AEM Early Access, all one word. Today's music is by Scott Holm. Thanks again to our host, Dr. Rory Merritt. I'm Dr. Keita Pensa. See you next time.